Welcome to Retirement Unlimited with Randy Barkley. Retirement Unlimited is an informative weekly radio program dedicated to offering factual information and sound advice for those wanting to know more about retirement planning. Proper advice depends on complete analysis of all the facts and circumstances. Information given on this program is in the nature of general financial comment and cannot be relied upon as pertaining to your specific situation. Listeners should consult their own financial advisor or conduct their own due diligence before making any financial decisions. This is to protect your assets. Randy Barkley is a California life insurance agent. California license number 0518567. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated. Tricord Advisors Inc. is a registered investment advisor. Now, here's Randy Barkley. Welcome to Retirement Unlimited. This is the radio program that is dedicated to helping you make smart decisions about your money. I'm your host, Randy Barkley, and I'm the president of Tricord Advisors. Tricord is a registered investment advisory firm, and we are located in Riverside. I'm also a certified financial planner, and I have three other individuals in my office that are also certified. We are fiduciaries. And if you'd like to know more about what a fiduciary is and why you should be doing business with a fiduciary, go to our website, which is www.retirementunlimited.com, or just simply give us a call if you'd like to talk to us individually. Phone number is 951-684-7011. Now, every week what I do is I divide my program into three parts. The first part is what I refer to as retirement update. The second one is tactical asset management. And the third one is news you can use. Now, in the first segment of the program today in retirement update, I wanna talk about estate planning, but more importantly, what I want to talk about is the values that you pass on to your generations. You know, estate planning, it's, it's about managing money, but it's also about managing or passing on personal values. And oftentimes they're intertwined. And everybody has a view uh, of what they would like to see their heirs do and how they handle the responsibility that they've been given financially. You know, in businesses, my comment on businesses, and this is really kind of a true, the first person who starts a business has the passion. The second generation uh, is the manager. And the third generation are the people that receive the assets and spend it. Because the vast majority of businesses don't go beyond the second generation. And so very seldom do you see businesses go beyond that second generation. But it's also true of other assets. And my comment to clients is that nobody will respect the money more than you because nobody can really go back and say they worked as hard and sacrificed as much in order, order to accumulate the assets that you enjoy. Therefore, how do you pass on your personal values? How do you pass on what you would like to see happen. How do you influence that beyond the grave? Now, again, some people would say, I, you know, I don't really care. When I go, I go and it, whatever they do with it. But the vast majority of the people would like to see some respect or some influence from them to the generations that are going to receive the money beyond them. So passing values is a huge priority for those people that they're looking to make sure that their assets, assets as they cascade down to not only their children, but also grandchildren, in some cases, their great-grandchildren, what it is that they're trying to do to motivate them to do the right thing, to make the right choices, the right decisions based upon 
what they what they believe is correct. Now, a lot of that has to do with your common family values. And sitting down with clients and talking through that with them is establishing what we refer to as a family legacy trust. Now, it's not necessarily formal language, but the whole issue is, what do we do? Now, oftentimes what I do is I'll sit down with clients and we sit down, we have what we call a family meeting at some critical juncture where we talk through and we allow the parents in most cases to really state what they would like their children and or grandchildren, how they would like this, uh, what they would like to see them do in order to continue that legacy, that family legacy. Now, again, your trust, your trust is really set up to do some basic things. So it does with what we refer to as health, education, maintenance, and support. So if there are children and or other heirs, great-grandchildren, let's say, or grandchildren, and you want to make sure that they have some income, it always goes back to this HEMS, this health, education, maintenance, support. But beyond that, maybe what you're trying to accomplish is something more than that. More than that in the sense that you want to encourage your heirs to pursue a higher education. You'd like to have them pursue certain charitable contributions or charitable functions. And by doing that, what I encourage people, first of all, is verbally tell their, their heirs, this is what we'd like for you to do. Oftentimes that's already been impressed upon them in the family discussions, but oftentimes it's not. So unless there's some kind of statement or something that is kind of written out, uh, what, what, what is referred to as a letter of wishes, oftentimes the heirs, they don't know. They're kind of blind. Now they hope to do the right thing, but when if they receive a uh, an inheritance, and if it's a significant amount of money, they're somewhat bewildered. Oftentimes they start to do what, what I call the uh, quick calculation. So how much do I get? How much can I use? How much will it benefit me? And those are really, really the wrong questions to be asking. The question really comes, is my mom, my dad, they worked really hard to create this wealth. How can I honor them by making sure that this wealth is used appropriately going forward? So therefore, what you want to do is you want to carefully value, you want to carefully instill the values by setting conditions that must be met before assets can be distributed. What does that mean? You have to be careful that you don't get so restrictive that, that none of that money will ever go, but you want to be, you want to bring in a, a broad spectrum. Uh, for example, what kind of character you'd like to emphasize, what kind of individual you'd like to see at the end of their life, not necessarily at the beginning of their life. So oftentimes this is overlooked. We deal with what I call the, the nuts and bolts, you know, the details of the trust and the transition. But you should really look at your estate as almost like a, it's like a beam. It's like a light as to what you would like to see that next generation do and be enhanced, not for them personally, but for what they're going to do to serve other people, other institutions. I don't really care what it is, as much as that I want to make sure that it's stated properly. So we spend a great deal of time sitting down with clients and trying to help them understand there's more importance than just avoiding estate tax or avoiding probate. There's something more important than that. And the more importance is, instilling the values and passing the values on to their heirs apparent. Now, if you don't have conversation with your children, that's where we would come into play. What we do is we sit down, we have family meetings after we've developed a plan and after we've done the estate planning, after we've set everything up 
and we know where everything's at, then we need to have a more significant conversation with the family so that you can then put the light on what you see as important. What is your purpose? What are your values? What is the meaning of your life? And how is that to be translated with the money that you're going to be passing on to your family? This is something that we do for our clients and we do it all the time. If you'd like to know more about this and anything else that we do regarding establishing the proper valuation structure and the passing on of the assets to your family, give me a call. My phone number is 951-684-7011. Let's have a conversation about what is right for the valuation models for your family. Stay tuned for my next section. I'm going to talk about tactical asset management. You know, retirement is supposed to be a secure time. Are you secure? Do you and your loved ones have the information needed to make the right decisions about retirement? You need counsel, not another salesperson, an advisor that looks out for your interest more than theirs. This is Dennis Prager, and I'd like you to call Randy Barkley, a certified financial planner who's been serving the Inland Empire for over 26 years. He's a retirement specialist who works for you on all the important and often confusing things that determine how comfortable you are in retirement. Call Randy Barkley for a free consultation and learn for yourself what I've learned. He can be trusted. Randy Barkley, 888-627-8371, 888-627-8371. Or visit me, Randy Barkley, at retirementunlimited.com. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor, clearing through TD Ameritrade, member FINRA, SIPC, MSRB. AM 590, the answer. Welcome back. This is the section of the program that I refer to as tactical asset management. We've had a lot of volatility, and of course, the volatility is in one particular sector and that is in the growth sector. So whether or not it be large cap, mid cap, or even small cap, we've seen the market rebound dramatically since the down, uh, you know, since it hit a bottoms and the lows in March, but we've seen a phenomenal uh, increase within technology. And that's what makes up the large cap growth. So your, your Microsofts, your Amazons, those types of companies. And those stocks, I mean, if you look at their pricing, you know, you have to sit back and say, well, wait a minute, are these stocks, are, are they going to just, I mean, are we, are we going to continue to go down from here? Now, of course, the stocks have rebounded. Uh, Tesla went off like 25% in a single day, but it rebounded pretty, pretty significantly. Now, if you look at the valuation of, of a company like Tesla, and if you have a fund that has Tesla in it, let's say that it has 3%, and if you have Amazon, you have Apple and some of these others, they make up almost 30% of the entire fund. It's not uncommon to see that they are they dominate the uh, fund because of the size of their portfolio. And the question is, will Amazon in the near future or Tesla, for that matter, fulfill its valuations? And it's it's hard to, for particularly for some companies, it's really hard when you start to add up all the values to say that a company is worth that much. In other words, can it fulfill the possibilities that the stock is pricing into it. And again, there's a lot of different arguments I can sit down with people and get with opposing views. But again, from a fundamental standpoint, you have to be very careful about your valuation models and what you select as far as what is the right stock. Right now, the momentum 
clearly is in the large cap growth. And that's where it's at. If you've looked at it, it's gone up significantly. That's where the most volatility is at. But we're not seeing a rotation of, of in other words, people are not selling off their highest values and buying into like, uh, uh, you know, large cap, uh, you know, the more stable assets or what I consider the manufacturers and such. So you're, you're seeing kind of a pause here. So the question continues to come up. Are we looking for a pop? Is this a bubble that is going to end badly for most people? And is it going to have a major impact upon the general marketplace? So we have to look past, we have to look back to see what has happened in the past. So if we go back to 2008, and again, 2008 was, I wouldn't say it's artificial, but it was the credit markets that caused 2008. Had the credit markets been operating efficiently and the way they were supposed to be, we wouldn't have had a overvaluation. We wouldn't have the speculation that, that caused the markets to um, wildly go up without any kind of uh, adherence to what I consider good economic values. What happened back in 1999 and 2000 with the internet stocks, what we have there is a, a valuation models that were completely unchecked. And again, I always come back to its leverage. What is the leverage going back to 2008 as well as going back to 2000, uh, 2000 1999 and 2000? What was the leverage that was involved? And when we look at current market conditions, even in some of these higher valuations, will Amazon, is it leveraged so much that its stock price will fall because people will no longer lend it money? In other words, if interest rates rise, the same thing with Microsoft or with Apple or with even with Tesla for that matter, will the stock fall because the credit markets pull away the gravy? In other words, you can't get the money, so therefore your stock price falls because you just can't get the support level. What we have right now is something completely different. Uh, these companies, uh, their leverage is very low. In some cases, they don't need to borrow any money. They have complete access and they have a great deal of liquidity. Uh, Tesla went right back to the marketplace and raised $5 billion without even breathing hard. And that all went back into stock. Now they diluted the shareholders, the share price went down, but then it went back up again. So again, we have this phenomenon that's going on right now is that tech stocks are the Cinderella's, they're the darlings of the stock market. Now some of these are gonna do well, but some of these are gonna not do as well. But the question, is it going to have an overall negative impact at some point in time? Will there be a bubble? And you have to take a look at it. And the thing that we look at it is, what is the margin lending? You know, is it, is it as high as it was back in 1999 or is what it was in 2008? And the answer is emphatically, no, it's not. In fact, leverage is really a smaller part of the overall you know, the economics. It is truly the, you know, looking at the stock value in relationship to the product they produce and the sales that are attained and the profitability they have on a per sale basis. And a lot of these companies, again, there's only a handful of companies that are really enjoying the margins, you know, margin the growth in the, in the values. But again, I look at it, it is sustainable probably for the long-term. We would like to see more rotation. We'd like to see more money move out of these high flyers and into the overall general marketplace. But, you know, we're not terribly concerned 
about the market just all of a sudden collapsing like it did back in 2000 and what it did back in 2008. I think there's going to be volatility. Don't get me wrong. I've talked about that from weeks in the past. I think we're subject to a lot of volatility just because of the where we're at in the marketplace. The Federal Reserve is pumping a lot of money and liquidity into the marketplace. That's pumping up asset prices. Also, in addition to that, we're heading into a political election. We're looking heading into November. And everybody has a view as to what is going to be the outcome regarding whether Trump gets reelected or Biden gets elected, what's going to be the makeup of the House or the Senate. I think there's going to be a lot of volatility because the market doesn't like uncertainty. And the more uncertainty that we get, the closer the election we get to that and the less of a certain outcome, I think the market is going to be more volatile. But be careful, be very cautious here that you don't vacate your holdings. Take a good look at the economics. I don't see that any candidate, no matter what, what happens on election day, is going to shoot themselves in a foot and destroy the economy. I don't see that happening. I do see some social change that I think is going to be hard for people to get a hold of versus social, the things that don't happen. But from the economic standpoint, I still see pretty positive growth. When we look at the breakthrough and from COVID and the pharmaceutical industry, we see some phenomenal offshoots from that, from immunology and cancer research and all the other things that are going to benefit us for years and years and generations to come. This is almost like a moonshot. So be careful that you don't just sell and go to cash, because I think in the long run, and probably in the short run too, you're probably going to be hurt badly. Our biggest concern right now is the bonds and the bond portfolio of the portfolio, not so much the equity part of the portfolio. But if you'd like to talk to me about it, give me a call. I'd be more than happy to sit down and talk to you about our portfolio and how what we do is how we design it and how we structure it so that we can sustain values, not only for today, but also for next year and the years to come. Remember, the first interview is always free. Phone number is 951-684-7011. Stay tuned for my next section. I'm going to talk about news you can use. Hi, this is Hugh Hewitt. Hey, if you're retired or approaching retirement, listen up. Retirement planning is critical to your financial health. And like choosing the right doctor, your financial planner must be able to understand your concerns, help you navigate through your retirement, which can be filled with uncertainty, volatility. Certified financial planner Randy Barkley has been assisting clients for 30 years by helping them understand all the information that to most of us can be overwhelming. Go to retirementunlimited.org or call Randy Barkley for a no-obligation appointment at 888-627-8371. That's 888-627-8371, retirementunlimited.org. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor, clearing through TD Ameritrade, member FINRA, SIPC, MSRB. AM 590, the answer. Welcome back. This is a section of the program that I refer to as news you can use. You know, we've heard over the last several years that China is building these artificial islands. They're uh, dredging uh, the sea bottom and they have built actually bases. And it makes you think, my goodness, China is going to take over uh, sea lanes and they're going to be um, kind of extracting, I don't know, um, you know, people are going to have to make pay homage to them, so to speak, and pay them. They're just going to be take control of the trades in those particular areas, particularly in the South China Sea and and around uh, Japan and South Korea and such as that. But there's an article in the in the um, 
Wall Street Journal. I pick, I clicked this out because I, it really was interesting to me because I hadn't heard about this, but the United States is being offered new bases in the Pacific. And this, this is very encouraging because all we hear about is how much other countries don't like us for whatever reason. But this article talks about how other nations, particularly island states, have said, please come put your bases here or increase your presence. So not only from South Korea to, to Japan, but also to the Philippines, but also Micronesia, Marshall Islands, Palau, New Guinea, Indonesia, Singapore. And what they want is the presence of the United States. And they're asking them, please come here and build a base here and occupy it. And so this talks about, starts out the article, it starts about the Republic of Palau has asked the Pentagon to build ports, bases, and airfields on its island nation. And basically it is in response to its response to China in its buildup because the rest of the world, if you think about it, doesn't trust China and its intentions. China has laid out claims to islands in the South China Sea and is created and it's in the major global trade route. And so other nations, not only these islands, but also other nations are concerned that China is going to step up their control of these sea routes and be able to extract a toll for whatever that means. And it's also a concern for the security of that region. Now, again, the best offense, the best defense is a really good offense. And what we're finding is that you take, you take our uh, aircraft carriers, you take our fleets and you sail them through some of those key areas. All of a sudden, we don't hear that much about China and what they're doing. But what I think about this article here is that it's very interesting that what we hear about other countries, like the Philippines and such as that, they don't necessarily want us there, but this article counters that. What they're seeing is they want, what they're saying is they want to have an American presence and not just Japan and South Korea, but also these other places. And this map that shows all the different places that they're asking us to be a part of their country. And please be, you know, bring in your air bases, bring in your presence, bring in your, you know, your, your ports. And so that you have there. Now, of course, they get economic advantage with us being there. But if you look at the way that they're strategically laid out, it would be a really a countermand. And we don't have to make the islands because these people are saying, please come in. Please come in because we are concerned about China's influence and power. So the request has been made very simple. Build a joint use facility and then come use them regularly. And so they want the presence of the United States. And so often we hear about America and uh, other countries don't want us around. They don't want us to be there. You know, about the time that America started to leave, for example, Iraq, the Iraqi leaders came back and said, whoa, 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 wait a minute. We really would like you still to retain a presence here. We don't want you to vacate. Well, the same thing is happening in other parts of the world. The other parts of the world see the benefit to them and the security of the region because America still is the best best idea yet in the entire world and the other parts of the world knows it you know you don't find people fighting to get their way into china you find people fighting their way to get themselves into america so therefore if you'd like to have a copy of this article I'll be more than happy to send it out to you it's called u.s offered new bases in the pacific and just give me a call at my office at 
684-7011 or just simply go to my website, which is www.retirementunlimited.com. Until next week, folks, may you grow in wisdom and knowledge. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to Retirement Unlimited with Randy Barkley. For more information about today's show or other questions regarding your retirement planning, call Randy at 951-684-7011. That's 951-684-7011. Remember, retirement planning is a process, not a product. So call Randy at 951-684-7011 or visit his website at retirementunlimited.com. And be sure to tune in next week for another edition of Retirement Unlimited. Proper advice depends on complete analysis of all the facts and circumstances. The information given on this program is in the nature of general financial comment and cannot be relied upon as pertaining to your specific situation. Listeners should consult their own financial advisor or conduct their own due diligence before making any financial decisions. This is to protect your assets. Randy Barkley is a California life insurance agent. California license number 0518567. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated. Tricord Advisors Inc. is a registered investment advisor.